Hello, welcome all. We have the December Nickpeed APE Collaborative all set for today. We're, our topic is going to be paraprofessionals uh, in adapted PE. So thank you all for joining us. All right, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and we'll do a little bit of um, housekeeping introductions. First of all, a big welcome from NICPED, the National Consortium for Physical Education for Individuals with Disabilities. I am Melissa Bittner, the membership committee chair. Today, we have our tentative schedule. We have oh, Wendy Artiega and Ginny Reed, who are um, from the Orange County Department of Education. And then we have Janet Lee, who will be presenting on an article she wrote in collaboration with Justin Hagel. She's going to uh, summarize that, uh, six top tips for working with paraprofessionals in adaptive PE, and Janet is from University of Wisconsin-Superior. After that, we will open it up for audience participation uh, for a little Q&A for our panelists. As always, a big thank you to the NICPEED membership subcommittee. We have Daniel Musser, who's the Colorado APE conference director. Oh, and she just hot off the press. She wrote a book about um, adapted PE and like APE deserts. So check that out. Uh, we have Jay Hyung from University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. Heidi Ambrosius from Moreno Valley Unified School District. I'm Melissa Bittner from CSU Long Beach and Lainey Case from CSU Chico. All right, so our first presenters, we have um, Ginny Reed and she is from the Orange County Department of Education and she teaches at Buena Park and Lowell Joint. Uh, and her colleague, also from Orange County Department of Education, Wendy Artiega, who teaches in La Habra and Lowell Joints. Hey, so, got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> the, um, kind of this, this topic stems uh, each, each spring, uh, Wendy comes and she chats to my adaptive PE class about working with paraprofessionals. And I'm like, let's Let's do this uh, for a NICPEG collaborative. It's uh, great to get lots of different tips on how to work with paraprofessionals. And um, so we're very excited to have these two present today. And then after they present, I will introduce Janet Lee, uh, who will discuss her article on paraprofessionals. So thanks ladies. We'll let um, you go ahead and share share the screen. Okay. Okay. okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so I'll go ahead and start. My name is Wendy Ortega. Um, I am an adaptive PE teacher, as we said, from Orange County Department of Ed, who contracts us to work in two different districts. So Jenny and I share a total of three districts. I have one whole one and half, and then she has the other half of the other one and another whole one. And <laughs> currently I work on about 11 campuses between the two districts and work with varying disabilities from Gen Ed to Mod Severe. And we have one of my districts has a lot of special education in it. Like we have three 
36, what did we count the other day? 15 different classes of special education between like four different schools. And so there's a lot there and that's a lot of aids to work with or paraprofessionals. And so there's a lot of different staff and people that I have to collaborate with. And Ginny does about the same. And so between the two of us, it's, there's a lot of people we work with in, in a period of a school year. And we do everywhere from preschool. And previously, we had been in the high school district. So that was another district we worked in. And we did pre we've did we done preschool through adult transition. So from three years all the way to 22. So we've had a, a very big varying degree of students and disabilities throughout the, <laughs> the years we've been together. I've been with um, the Orange County Department of Ed for 21 years. Um, started with Jenny back in the very beginning when they decided to add extra people. And, but Jenny had been there 20 years prior to me. So she's been through it all and everything with the Orange County Department of Ed. So here, I'll get on to her slide now. Let's see if I can, there we go. Uh-oh, too many. Let's go That's back. okay. And I've been, I'm so grateful to have Wendy as my co-partner. We've taught quite well together. We do a lot of sharing, a lot of um, partner teaching when it comes to full inclusion. But like Wendy said, I had 40, I have 40 years of experience. I started out with paraeducators working with me um, back when the day when they thought that that could take over and, and help teach with the adaptive he teachers. And that was not correct. So paraeducators, very helpful, very supportive, um, especially if they've been trained correctly, especially in the field of adaptive physical education. But like Wendy said, we, we work on several campuses. I'm working on nine campuses. One school completely is Montesevere. So all five classes that I work with completely have um, instructional aids, a lot of one-on-ones. And um, those are the ones that are your, your right-hand man that can actually help you and guide you with the behaviors that can help you to um, incorporate into your teaching, what's going to work and what isn't going to work. So if you have really good paraeducators and you give them clear, concise directions, it's going to be a benefit to you to be able to use those um, staff members to be a support team in the program. Okay, so we'll get into the next slide and kind of talk about what Jenny just went over right now a little bit. So what I have here is it's called paraprofessionals and APE. That's what I call it. And so I kind of go through like a list of what makes them so awesome when they're helping us with adaptive PE. And my first one is, and what we'll do, Jenny, is we'll just kind of go through this and we'll talk about behavioral training. We can talk about, you know, we'll just kind of step by step it. And sure. so I know a lot in one of my districts, a lot of them have, they have to go through certain training to work in our Montsevere classes or in our ED classes or in um, our autism classes. So they have to go through separate trainings and they come back with a lot of behavioral training. And it's really awesome because they tend to have sometimes a little more than I do on knowing about some of like the ABA structures and they, they know all about the bits that are going on and, and that kind of thing. And it's great because I can now rely on them for like, okay, what, what did you learn about this? What, did, what are we doing with this? And so like, or what does one, with this one particular student, how are you guys structuring it? And so it's great because they've had a lot of behavioral training or some of them are actual ABAs that have been in-home ABAs and then right. become our aides. And so now we've got this great background in applied behavior analysis in our APE classes. It's like, woohoo. So I use them a lot when it comes for behavior, like, and especially right now when we're seeing so many more behaviors in our classes, yes. I can rely on them heavily to help with the behavior training or to be help with behavior modifications and those types of things. And when these students come in with one-on-ones, you might have three or four in your classroom. 
at the same time. I've had that where I have three or four um, staff members that will come in and work on certain behaviors with them within my class setting, and they will have their token boards or they will have whatever piece of equipment that they need to in order to get them to engage and to cooperate and to stay on task. So definitely the training is very beneficial if the districts are willing to do that to help. And we have seen that in both of our, all three of our districts. Um, another aspect too is that they know the students well. Like I, I can't stress it enough. Like I know sometimes we, we do know our students well because sometimes I've had them since the time they were three until they're, you know, now they're 11 or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I know them pretty well too, but I don't sit day in, day out in a classroom with them for four hours a day, five hours a day. And so I love the fact that like, I can rely on them for that too. Like, oh, they're having a bad day. Oh, this is what's gone on. They'll know what happened two days ago in class. It's still creating issues that's happening right now. And so I love that knowing that they can, I can get that information from them. I never act as if like, oh God, now they're going to tell me something I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I don't need to know it because, oh yeah, I know they've got behaviors. I know what I need to do. But Sometimes like there's a little piece of knowledge in there that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that happened today. Oh, I yeah. didn't. Hot day yeah. had a bad morning with her boy with her mom's boyfriend this morning, but the aide does because the aide is the one that is coming and getting them from the car and is pulling. And so now they they're talking to mom. So now I'm getting information that I wouldn't have known any other way. But because they're a day in day out working with our kiddos, they know them so well. Yes, I do know my kiddos. And by them, you know yeah, them. And exactly and by them front loading us with that piece of information, like they're getting, they're getting sick. They're not feeling well. You can see their shirts are all ripped up because they've been chewing because they're so in intensely um, frustrated that they can give you that bit of piece of information. And you can go off of that, take that information, use it to your advantage to be able to calmly work with that student, calmly um, implement whatever it is that's going to help them out, whether it's um, a nice little pat on the back or to um, asking them, they like to take a walk first before we do A, B, or C, or giving them some choices to be able to get them to um, participate in your classroom. But that front loading is a big piece of information. And knowing those, um, knowing your aides, because I share my phone number with my aides, they will actually text me and say, look, Jenny, so-and-so is not going to be here today, or they're not doing well. They're going to come out a couple minutes later. Knowing that information helps me out. But getting to know them that closely really is of a benefit. Yeah, I, I will say I do that. I, I have a group text with a lot of like my teachers, but then I have like a little side one that's my teachers and a couple aides. So if I'm going to be late to a class or I'm going to be switching where I'm working, I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to be working the NPR today. But the aide will know too, in case there's a sub, because half the time there's a sub in the class that I don't know about because I'm just showing up on campus. So now the aide can kind of like maneuver the class over to where I need to be. Um, right. So... Uh, the other part is to have, oh, sorry, Jen, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and on top of that, these aides know how important it is to work on the goals that we're working on. And I get little videos. I will get little clips that they'll show me pictures of what the student mm -hmm. did the day before. So to have everybody knowing this is what we're working on, I'll say, can you try to work on this during recess or PE time? That's going to help you out and benefit you and your program with your students. So I love those pictures. I love those videos. I love them supporting, you know, our program. Um, the next one is they have behavior management from class. So like sometimes I don't necessarily always structure my class with my own behavior management strategies because my kids come with their own token board, their own first then, their own little things, reward systems they're using. And I love having that because that makes my class so much easier 
because now I know, okay, like today I have preschool all day today. So preschool classes rotate on a half hour, come through all day. And they literally come in with like their little thing of Skittles or their little thing of crackers, or they come in with like one of them is earning stuff every time she finishes something. So she finishes PE. So they, they come in with their big charts or their big things. And I don't have as many behaviors in the classrooms, in the classes, because I've got the aides bringing these things, bringing these things in for me. And I'm not having to like, okay, I got to make sure I've got a first then for so-and-so and a chart for this person and a kid, you know, this is a, like, yes, I have my own behavior managed at the end where we do like a little take touchdown thing of like, where do you think you were today? How do you feel you were? But that's at the end of my class where during the class, these the professionals are bringing everything in for me and they've got all of the strategies there and they're working through it. I'm working through it and I'm like, okay, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing, oh, they're working for that today. Cause sometimes the tokens change. Sometimes it's not a token board anymore. Things change from day to day. So I'm like, okay, what are we working on? Oh, they're working for that. Today. Okay. I'll take that. And so then when I'm working at a station with the kid, I've got the right behavior management. I know what's working. And so it just, it helps so much. No, I agree with you. And that, that piece of equipment being brought in, I had somebody bring one in a piece of equipment. The student doesn't have anything on his, on his menu of rewards and first time ever. And we were just him seeing that piece of equipment, that piece of that toy that he wanted to play with. He was just sitting right next to me. I said, once you do this, once you do drop and catch, then you'll get a chance to play. He didn't even need it. Just mm -hmm. having that in place or having that book that they need while they're waiting their turn as they're going from station to station. And then having it's more of a security blanket for them, knowing that we are continuing on with the same behavior management in the classroom as it is carried over to adaptive physical education. That means we're all working together as a team. Yes, it does. It makes our classes so much easier. Yes. And then I don't know how you guys teach. I do a lot of stations in my classes. I love teaching in stations. It just makes my day easier and things to me are a little more fun. But sometimes I do whole groups still. But, <laughs> excuse me. But like today with my preschool, I've got four stations rolled out. They're in our fit kid room. It's all up. The, and I can, every month my stations change, but they stay the same for the whole month for preschool. So I've got my stations out and I don't have to describe what's going on. I just, the, fir the very first month, I first day, first week of the month, I show what we're doing. And then from that point forward, they know what we're doing and they just get right to it. We section off the kids and the eight, the paraprofessionals take all the kids to the stations and then I can rotate through. Or if I notice one of the kids is having like big behaviors or he's been tough in class, then I'm like, hey, give them to me. I'll take them for today. You go and work with those kids. That way I can take the beating if I need to take the beating for you today. So I'll do things like they just help out so much because now they know what to do. And each week just gets easier and easier because they know the stations, they know the rotations, they know what some of my students need to work on. So they already know the goal. So if there's something like, oh, hey, he caught today. Like we were so happy because one of our preschoolers came in and he needs a catching goal and he's already met his catching goal. And it's only been four and a half months. And it's like, well, all right, okay, so we need to work on that one and change that goal up now. But, <laughs> you know, the it's those type of things, but the aides were able to tell me that. They were like, oh, hey, A's caught today. He was able to do it four out of five times. Woo! Like, they know what, what we're working for. And so it makes it really easy because they help out. Oh, I, I can run stations. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do stations in preschool without stations or just trying to do a whole group of kind of crazy anyways. <laughs> exactly. And I use stations with my inclusion program with my, we call it Super Buddies Special Olympics. And I do the same station and I'll do it two to three weeks so that that routine is going. But I also create within my stations, my goals for students. This 
nobody knows that I'm creating them. They don't know that those stations are part of my goals, but it helps me out with working on those, the, um, the skills that I want to be taken um, seriously. And then I would have students and students are my little um, mini teachers and they get excited to show. So we have aides that are walking around and are stationed at each station. We have students that are helping as little peer buddies, but, um, and those aides are responsible to keep the student and the gen ed student in place to help. So if you have good aides, your aides are gonna be able to make this program work for you. And it, it's been successful, I know for both Wendy and I. So we love stations. Stations are very mm -hmm. important and four are good. I think four is a good number. Yes, <laughs> pretty much my max. Otherwise, it's good, a little crazy. Right, exactly. Um, I also love it because if I'm running, like if I'm at my junior high and they know what we're doing and I've got different stations that I'm doing, they'll immediately come in and they're like, oh, hey, let me help you set up this. Let me put this over here. I know this goes over here, right? And they come through and they'll set things up for me. Or at the end, as, as we're kind of finishing up, and like, especially at my junior high when we're going, I call it my team player board. And what it is, is a thing where the kids determine if they want to be team player, participant, spectator at the end of PE. And as I'm running through that on the behavior management, my parents are back behind and they're gathering my balls and putting them in the bag. They're picking things up for me off the court or they're out in the field and they're gathering the um, nets for me, my little pop-up nets. And so it just, it makes it, makes setup a lot easier and it makes cleanup a lot easier. I'm not having to do as much. They'll help me bring it in depending on where it needs to go. And so it's, you know, utilizing them in that manner as well, but also making sure I'm always very appreciative when they're helping me out like that. But I there it's just, it's so beneficial. It is beneficial. And you know that you have a good paraeducator that's working with you, a paraprofessional that takes the initiative because there are some that will just stand there and they will wait for direction by direction by direction. And others will just jump right in and I'll say, no, that's fine. Please, please do. Or if your balls are going down the, down the hallway or they're, they're rolling across the field that they go after instead of you chasing after it and then watching the students, you know that that's a good person that's initiatively just going to jump in and do um, the assistance as far as set up and take down as well as, I always encourage my assistants, my paraeducators to um, join in on the exercises, join in on the movements, help me out with the, with the um, hand over hand modeling. And the ones that are standing there and you don't like to see it, but it does happen with bones in their hands. You know, I, we don't go for that. You know, I ask, please jump in, please, please help me with so-and-so. If I see them with their phones, I will start directing them to giving them tasks to be able to do or to write down to take which goes into the, your next um, notation. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I should say, no, it's fine. That's, that's great. Yeah, but that's way in. So I, you know, we utilize them to take notes and data. So I might have like little clipboards at some of the stations for them to jot down little things for me for the students or, Hey, just kind of holler out to me, let me know. So like, and they also bring, because some of my teachers are really big on making sure they have the goals, even if, even my goals, they'll be working on them in their classrooms. And so <laughs> they'll have, their little own sheets that they're taking tallies on like, oh, hey, we're going to be working on the on the throwing today. I'm going to take them. It's awesome. So then I've got some extra data from them about what's happening. So we I utilize them in that manner. And I will write that down in the safe. When it comes to my goals and responsibility, I will put down myself as the peer person responsible, but I'll also include the SDC teacher and staff to help me so that they can, and they do have my goals. They do have the data to be taking during the week for me because you have six, maybe five, six students, at least in my groups. 
I have a large group and to try to go back and I'm writing my logs as soon as I'm done at the end of the day, or if I'm lucky enough to in between my two classes, but I do logs every single day. And to try to remember, was that 70%? Was that 50%? And those parents want to know, they want to know where their kids are. They want to know that, um, that they're meeting those goals. And it's not just say, oh yeah, they can do it. But that data collection, and I will have my clipboards too, when I'm teaching and I will have the goals and it will shout out. I have one that generally will scribe for me and take notes and write down. And um, the others might be doing hand over hand. So as if I'm fortunate, I might have three in, in a class with students all in wheelchairs. And I have somebody that's doing the note taking, somebody's doing the hand over hand. But those, those women, um, those individuals are exceptional. You know, they've been working with me for years. So that's what you're, you're hoping for is to keep getting that team building with those paraeducators, paraprofessionals. Um, the next is that we kind of already went over it um, when we talked about like texting and things like that is they bring the students to class for me. So like if I'm going to be in a certain room or certain place, like I'm very lucky in one of my schools, we have fit kid rooms and I get to use the NPR. And so I just text when I'm on campus, I'll be in the fit kid room, come in. And then like on one of my campuses, it's five mod severe classes on one campus. So we just rotate through that fit kid room and the parents bring them in stay with me, help me, take them back out, bring the next set in, say, so it's great. I don't have to keep running to the next class, to over here to this class. Like they bring them through for me and they bring them to the classes. I just have to make sure I let them know where I'm at in case things do change. But usually they know where I'm at and it's fantastic. And you know what, to have those phone numbers and that contact, I, I go to several schools and to be carrying my large wagon filled with all my equipment and all of a sudden show up at a school and the student's not there. So I, I'm, constantly texting or they're texting me to say oh so and so is out today but so and so is here you might have one or two students or you might have them both out which i've had and it's like thank you so so much and i just appreciate that support i see heidi shaking her head because you know it is like it's like a three-ring circus you're running you're gathering your equipment and you're racing to get to the next school but if that student's not there at least you know Yep. Instead of getting to the office and, and walking all the way to the classroom, even that sometimes the office won't even say, oh, so-and-so is out today. You're like, darn, you know, I wish I would have made that phone call. So get used to making phone calls. Your parents, though, if you can, and they don't mind sharing phone numbers and you don't mind sharing back, having that, that contact really saves you, saves in your time. And then um, our last one is to assist in general education. We have elementary PE on all of our campuses in La Habra City taught by a general PE teacher, which <laughs> isn't always all that common in California. So it's nice when I have my parents who go out and then sometimes I push in with them and they're working right alongside me. And they're like, oh, hey, Miss Wendy, because last week, you know, in class, you were using pool noodles, baseball bats. We brought out the pool noodles this week when Mr. Mejia was working on baseball. So this is what we're going to be doing because they get it three days on the one campus. They get PE three days a week, gen ed PE on the elementary campus three days a week. And so like, oh, we brought out the pool noodles or, oh, we, you know, for Timothy in the wheelchair, we, we remember that you brought the hockey stick out. And so we brought the, the goalie stick out for him and we did the, so they remember what we do when I'm there and then they continue it for the next few days, like for the next weeks or for the next lessons in our general um, physical education. Sorry, and there was I'm, like a, a noise in my house and I was like, what was that? <laughs> but, um, and I'm so, so happy to, sh to share the equipment. Because when your parents will ask you, um, can we borrow such, such and such? And I'm like, absolutely, I will get this piece of equipment to you. Or if I don't think to say, oh, I'm going to 
do a modified basketball hoop. And, and I want to put that on the basketball ring with two hula hoops. And they asked me for that. I'm like, I'll make it for you. I'll have it for you. Cause you know that you're actually, actually doing the skills. I looked over at the basketball court on my middle school today and there it was a modified hula hoops that were attached to the basketball. And I thought, awesome, because this young man wants to be an adaptive PE teacher. He's a paraeducator within the classroom. And um, so he's taking that responsibility to want to carry over when I'm not there. Sorry, I got sidetracked. My, I guess my child brought out her um, karaoke machine. So I was like, I couldn't figure out what the sound was and she's in a completely different room. So I was like, that's why all of a sudden it was clicking because I was trying to find the mute button so I could mute it. <laughs> What's, so her, what's her go-to song? Yeah. <laughs> Anything from Taylor Swift. She's eight. So. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so sorry if my screen was switching because I was trying to figure out. I'm like, where'd my mute go? <sighs> it's okay. okay. Well, all right. Okay. So we pretty much kind of gone over how we use paraprofessionals in our APE classes. And now we'll go on to like building the relationship, which we've pretty much gone over a lot of. So we'll look at this list and kind of see what we haven't talked about right now. Sounds good. Um, oh, and then I just went past through it. Sorry. Oh, great. Look at me. I really know how to use slides well sometimes. Um, all right. So my whole thing too is like always be kind. Like I try my best to always just like make sure I have a smile on my face, even though I'm feeling kind of horror sometimes. But I'll just be like, hey, how you doing? Oh, what's going on? I have to like and just I try to kind of get to know them a little bit. I mean, we are, I'm, some of them I've known for 20 years and I've known for 15 years. So we do get to know them. Some are my really good friends as well. So you do kind of get to build relationships with them as you're working with them. And so then you just kind of, like, I always just, how are you? Oh, how is, you know, how, how's your dog? How's your kid? How's your husband? Something just so like, Personal. you know, I care. Like I, I have to, we do a lot in PE and like, you know, they're like, we don't know how to go to the gym today. Like we're working out. Like, I make them sweat. I make them work. They've realized they need to bring tennis shoes on, you know, Tuesdays or Wednesdays whenever I'm there. So, like, I always try to be as kind as I can just because I appreciate so much what they do with me. And the important thing is not to treat them as an aid. I always had, I always had instructional assistants, paraeducators. They've had so many different names and terminology. They say, I'm just an aid. I say, don't say that. I say, you're a paraeducator. You've been trained. And if I didn't train you correctly, you wouldn't be able to do the things you're doing. And I said, I want somebody, if I were teaching and there's a whole group of us teaching and everybody's on task, everybody's doing the skills that they're supposed to be doing. And they're not sure who the teacher is at this point because everybody's spot on. I did a good job, but I did a good job training you, teaching you, and everybody's where they should be. And I want them to feel like they're just as important. You know, they don't, they didn't go to school to become teachers, but they want to be there to help and to support us. So I mean, to give them that dignity and to treat them like Wendy said, with kindness and to be there to support them and to listen. You know, every everybody has a story. Everybody has something going on, but to get to know them if you can. If you can, some of them not so easy to be able to, it's obtainable to be able to reach them. But for the most part, people want to be heard. They want to know that they're, they're doing a good job. And giving them that support and thank you for what you're doing. I always thank my assist, my paraeducators. Thank you for your help. Every class when they leave so that they hear that from me, that that's important. I say, ladies, you did a great job. Our gentlemen, thank you so much for what you've done. Um, I think the next thing I, I'm kind of going to do B and like F together in this one is like moving with them. Like I don't ever really stand around in class, which I'm sure we all don't. But I think like when I'm talking to Cal State Long Beach and I'm, 
to the students that I'm always telling them, like, make sure you're moving with them. Make sure that you're like, not just standing around like, oh, hey, can you go get this kid? Okay, you go. And like, and pointing and giving direction. Like, if I'm telling them something, I'm moving. Like, if I'm like, okay, we're going to gallop and let's go, let's go. We're going to, and I'm moving and I'm galloping. So they, they want to move with me. And then <laughs> don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to provide the corrections. So like today we're walking backwards with the kids and one of the kiddos didn't want to walk backwards. He doesn't like it. It's not always comfortable for our kiddos. And so as he's, as Audrey is walking with this little guy, she's the one walking backwards and he's walking forwards. And I'm like, Oh, I said, Hey, the teachers are walking backwards today. I said, students are. And I just kind of like took him, moved him backwards. And then she's like, Oh, sorry, Miss Woody. I'm like, no, no, no. I said, I just didn't want him to think like you're the one having to work here. I'm like, he needs to be working, you know? And I had to like make it a joke, but you know, I move with them, but at the same time, that's my ample ability to like be able to provide a correction if I see that they're not moving right. Oh, they're because I always love when they're like hop, 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 and they're jumping on two feet. Oh. And I'm like, oh, hop is with or hop is with one foot, jump is with two feet. You know, like I try to do some little things, but then I'm moving, so I'm like, look, we're jumping, jumping with two feet. And sometimes I don't correct them; I'll just correct the class. Like, oh, remember when we jump? It's with two feet. That, that type of right. thing. So corrections, corrections as I'm moving. And throwing too. Everybody gets the throwing wrong. They they same sided throwing, and it, they don't know. So by just gently reminding them, we're all going to take a step with this foot, your right foot, but throw with your left hand, or vice versa. Then they learn, and they feel like they've learned something. Or we're talking about muscles, and we're working on our biceps, and we point to it, and everybody point to your biceps, and then they learn body parts as well, and they feel good about it. They feel good that they can work with the students on those those activities. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, you know, provide clear expectations. Not everybody speaks <laughs> or <laughs> APE. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm saying a gallop or a slide or, you know, different movements that we're doing, a, you know, a karaoke, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to be modeling it. I'm going to be, this is how we're doing it. And then also the expectations of the class. Like when I went to the high school, they were very used to a different way of providing PE of majorly just standing around letting the kids walk a lap. I was much more, oh, we're going to be doing this. Oh, we're going to be. So, like, I had to say, okay, when we first started the school year and I started, I said, okay, guys, I said, and it was a bunch of males at this point. And I'm like, oh, goodness, I don't know how to work with, like, I'm used to female paraeducators in the elementary area. So I was very new to high school. And, you know, I'm like, all right, this is what I do. This is how we do this. I'm going to be, you know, we're all going to be moving with them. This is what I'm, I'm going to have to, I said, we're going to be working out, be ready to work out. And, you know, and then they were like, oh, okay, cool. If that's what we're going to do, instead of me just like trying to teach them, I get frustrated because they're standing off in the back because that's what they're used to doing. I just started off right away. Okay, everybody move. That's what we're doing. If you don't, you know, I understand if you've got some pains, if you've got this, if you can't do this, let me know what your limitations are, but I'm going to be moving. I would like everybody to be moving with the kids. So that way it motivates the kids as well. And they're like, oh, cool. Okay. Like, I mean, as long as they know that I'm expecting that and I'm going to be moving, they're going to move too. They're going to move. And I have so many paraeducators going, oh, good. I'm so glad you're here because I get to do my workouts. I get to do exercise. The first time I get to do stretches all day, I look forward to you coming in, which makes me feel good, especially when everybody's sweating and we're all like moving and getting our heart rates up. And we talk about that, but it's just so exciting to see them happy to see you there too, instead of going, oh, here we go. You know, it's just... But they want they want to be there. They want to help support. Everybody wants to to pr help participate. I think adaptive PE is one of the easier ones for paraeducators more so than other other areas, yeah. other disciplines. So we were very much in a beautiful profession as to what we get to do. 
And then I can't say it more. My last one down there is be grateful and give thanks. Like, I mean, we've talked about it already. Like, it's just, we need to be grateful for everything that they do for us and not just like expect it. Like we have to understand we, we have a very, they're not just sitting in a class. Like we're not just sitting in the classroom doing direct tasks on a, on a table with kids. We are moving, squatting, pulling, pushing, lifting, and they're doing that along with us. And I, I can't be more grateful for it. No, and we teach for our 30 minutes, however long we're teaching, and they go back and they've got the whole day and they go through adaptive PE to speech to um, OTPT, every different element. So um, that's why, like Wendy said, be so grateful for them being willing to move with us and be willing to do the activities and set up and help us with the behavioral plans. They're doing a lot. They're doing a lot. So good paraeducators are, can be an absolute asset your program and then my last one my last slide here is kind of what happens if it's not working I don't really I've been very thankful in my 20 years that I don't really have too many aids I can't work with (laughs) (laughs) we we both had one that we had to let go and that was really hard it was hard on both of us emotionally but that um, was our own personal APEP we we back in the day about six years ago had our own personal adaptive PE teacher so our previous um, prayer professional. So we had one that we shared between us and that it didn't we work went out. for three in a couple of years. And it, she just, she was probably one of the worst. She came in inappropriate clothing. So this is where I kind of get this more from. It's like, I would talk to her one-on-one about whatnot. Like she'd wear clothing, what her stomach would show, or, you know, she'd bend over and her bottom would hang out the backside. And like, and she wore pajamas pretty much to work. And I'm like, okay, we, we we need to, so we'd sit down, we'd talk one-on-one about, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that, I can do that. And then yeah. it wouldn't change, so then I'd have to write it down about what she's wearing, about what's happening, and then I'd have to go and talk to our director, and like, okay, and so it got awkward, it got to the point where she actually brought clothes in a backpack to our director, and said, can sure. I change in to show you what I'm wearing? And we were like, oh, my God. That's no, so or, or that, that and fabricating um, data, so just know that whatever they're writing down, look at what they're writing down because you want to make sure that the data that they're taking is correct because you can have that. And Wendy and I, after going through what we went through, we said, that's it. We're going to work with our paraprofessionals within the classroom. It's a little bit easier. And that we, we said we could do it. Yeah. Even though we have large caseloads, we can do it. And um, <coughs> Sorry, Jen. Go ahead. Um, actually, it's been fine. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. And when I am working with paraeducators, and I do have, you know, every once in a while, like I had one a, a few years ago that she kind of bullied my student teacher. And so I was like, oh, okay, like she's the one who got along fine with me. She trusted me. But when she figured out, like, oh, you've got a student teacher, I'm just going to tell her what she needs to do in the class and I'm going to move kids around and I'm going to do. And it was like, oh, Michelle. So I was like, hey, let's let Cindy try and do blah, blah, blah. Let's let Cindy allow, you know, give Cindy a chance. And she was like, oh, okay. And then the next week came, boom, she did it again. So I just went into the classroom. I'm like, is there anything you can have her prep? Like, we don't need to have her in PE when we're in there. We've got more than enough hands. Right. I don't want to insult her now and tell her, like, she can't come to PE. So can we make it so she has something to prep while we go to PE? Like, make it, like, give her something. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's plenty. I'm like, thank you. So that's what, how that worked out for me was to have right. her go to the classroom teacher and just say, hey, can we make this work in this way? And and, and it worked out fine because trying to talk to her one-on-one, she was very receptive, but then went right back didn't to follow through. wasn't in there because I was stepping back to allow my student teacher to teach. And so then after the class was over, I'm like, how'd it go? She goes, well, 
Michelle moved my kids around again and she changed, you know, who I was working and she didn't. I'm like, oh, Jiminy. okay. We're just so you'll, get, you'll get a few of those that once the teacher leaves and if you do have a student teacher that they might try, but it, that doesn't happen too often. And just working like, like Wendy said, with your teachers, your classroom teachers to make the adjustments. So and I went to our district one time because I had a, um, a one-to-one that would not change her shoes for PE. So then my student wouldn't go out to gen ed PE because she didn't want to ruin her pretty shoes. And I said, well, you're going to have to bring different shoes because PE is every single day. So when it's PE, you're his one-to-one. He needs to go out and run the track. He needs to be on the soccer field. Well, my shoes don't do And I'm like, I know, but you're going to have to. So then I had to like go to the principal and we had to sit down and we had to talk and it got ugly. And then she got mad at me and then she wouldn't talk to me. But now she's my friend and we get along really well. And so because after a while she figured out like, Oh, it's not so bad. Okay, I guess if I just need to bring my shoes. Oh, this isn't okay. Like, and and because I would be out there twice a week, and I'd be out there pushing into the class and moving with her the whole time and doing it. And it was like, really, just give in. Like, and, and so once she did, and she figured out. But I mean, that took about three or four years of her like being curmudgeoned and picky right. at me. And, oh, I can't do that. I don't do that. Oh, I, and I'm like, oh. But after a while, and figuring out like. I'm here for the student. I'm not here for her. And she was like, oh, but I'm here for the student. Oh, we're here for the same reason. Okay. So, you know, 15 years later, we're good to go. <laughs> but it, it was a couple of years of ugliness that happens. And that does happen here and there. I mean, we've all had to experience that. But, you know, she's figured it out. So it's awesome. <laughs> all right. Let's see. I think that was my, that was it. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Wendy and Ginny. Much appreciated. You can go ahead and stop share screen. Our next speaker, we have Janet Lee. Oh, she is on it already from University um, of Wisconsin. You're su- Wisconsin Superior, Janet? Yeah, yes, Wisconsin yes, Superior. Yes. And nice she wrote... Yeah, Janet, in uh, collaboration with Justin Hagel, wrote a great article about like top top tips for working with paraprofessionals, and that's what she's going to summarize today. It's uh, a required reading in our spring collaboration course. I am sure every one of my students do their reading like they're supposed to, (laughs) but this is a great article, Um, short, sweet, to the point. Uh, and a lot of great practical tips for uh, working with paraprofessionals in physical education. So Janet, we'll let you summarize uh, the article and share some great tips. Thank you. Sure. How are you doing, everybody? Thank you. Nice meeting you. Okay, so uh, this is an article. When I get into the doctoral program, I decide to write uh, the article for the people I appreciate it. So one of the articles for the paraprofessional, one of the articles for the parents, one of the articles for the my student with the LASD. So this is a, one of the articles I wrote in 2016. I can't even remember. But I try to compound all the information. You believe or not, I went to the different state conference in my lifetime, past like 10 years. You believe or not, a lot of APE teacher and PE teacher are struggling. Uh, how to walk with their staff. They don't know what to do about it. And then I had the same experience. So I tried to figure out, why can you write the article? I was not able to find any article. So this is the article. So 
they this is like a based on my experience of how to work in a paraprofession. If I speak so fast, you you can just jump say, doctorly you can commission it and just you can just jump in to have a. Your feedback. So first year of working with the paraprofessional, they challenged me. They really challenged me. And then second year was like they wondering. They said she's a good teacher. She's not, but she's tough. But she, I feel like she's a good teacher. So second year is they wondering. But third year they are my team. So there's a process. But there was a first year, like the, my biggest challenging was uh, working with uh, my paraprofessional. I was an uh, adopted PE teacher in Alameda Unified School District about five years. So I'm not going to go over what is the definition of the paraprofessional and their responsibilities. Basically, they can do everything what they're asking for, like assist, uh, assist assist uh, your student in physical education class, like assessment, uh, transition. And if you provide, uh, they're gonna do additional activity during the recess and during the lunchtime, they can surely. But based on my experience, I think some of them disagree or they agree. Based on your, my experience, if you effectively utilize a paraprofessional, they can work better. They can work effectively. So there's a I indicate the rule, but there's a more rule. So you I think you guys are all professional. I think there's a lot of responsibilities. For for example, I have a uh, discussion with my one of the my students. When you're doing TGMD, you're teaching adapted PE class. You have like ten students with the ASD. How can you assess the TGND for the 10 students with ASD? They are running everywhere. So I asked my students at the same time, I share my experience this. So you assess it, you demonstrating, right? And then paraprofessional can score, right? So they can help. But why are you doing TGND too? Okay. And, and, what else? And I think this is this is uh, for the responsibility. So, so there's a tip how to work. Uh, I don't know this. Is, how to work uh paraprofessional effectively. First, is active, uh communication. So share activity idea. I think so you guys all have a routine and schedule. I think so everybody, I usually, I'm very routine person. So I have a routine for Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Like for example, Wednesday is like my running. Friday is for the board activity. I cannot even remember there was a long ago, but I think so everybody, APE teacher, what PE teacher, they have a routine. So let them know the routine if they like you. They are gonna set up the station for you before you jump into activity. So let them know your routine. So Monday's activity for this, Tuesday's this, Wednesday's this. I don't know, everybody have a different teaching style. I'm very routine person. So I have, a, I structure every week, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So routine and schedule, let them know your schedule. And discuss expectation. So, for example, when I started, uh, uh, when I started working as an APE teacher, like it was the first year, my paraprofessional went to the bathroom like five, six times. They provide the food that I don't like it. They talking too much. I don't like it. 
So some expectation that I think everybody, every teacher have a different teaching style based on your value. But my expectation is so different. So I share my expectation. I don't want to go, uh, I don't want to, I mean, they have to go to bathroom. I don't want my student to go to bathroom like five, six times during the PE time. And there's a time you can go to the bathroom before or after, or you cannot provide the food during the my uh, PE or AP class. What else? And you cannot talk about other teacher in my class. No drama in my class. So there's an expectation you have to share. And I hear the IEP goal of the student. So every student have IEP goal. You know, you have a PE class, APE goal. You have to focusing on goal for that student. You have to share IEP goal for the student. First year, my peer professional say, Miss Jenna, you cannot do it. My student cannot do it. I was going to say, why don't you get the license and teach? You cannot say that. You cannot say, I almost said, why don't you get the license and teach? Peer person jump and say, you cannot teach. But they can never say to the teacher, you cannot teach. So share your goal of the student and then make sure they are on the same page. I'm here to teach. I'm working toward the student's goal. You are here to support, to establish their goal, but you have to share this. And feedback. And like feedback, I know we are all good teachers, but I think so some of them uh, share that. Some of some of the paraprofessionals know better than others. So you can ask, how can I promote this student? How can I uh, uh, improve this skill? How can I provide the reinforcement? How can I do better? They're like, they showing, if you ask that, that showing the respect as well. So you can ask the paraprofessional, like how Johnny is doing in PE class, how Johnny is the, what Johnny liked or what dislike. You can use their feedback too. And then, Teaching style too. Okay, let me move on to the next slide. Yep, Janet, you have about five more minutes. Okay, 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 okay. okay. And then, uh, uh, regular meeting, regular meeting. This is a really effective. This I think some of them go to elementary, middle, and high school. Everybody have a different expectation. You must so regular have a meeting. If you are so busy, I really encourage you to have a regular meeting. Like every month or like every other two months, share your expectation or goal. And then communication plan, like the the word we can use in APE class. I have it. I don't know everybody have it. I use my paraprofessional Mr. Mr. I ask my student to call my paraprofessional Miss and Mr. And then I ask my paraprofessional not to scream as well. And do not scream to the student. There's an expectation you can share. What else? Share lesson plan. I think some of them already talked about you have to share your lesson plan as well. And then divide the group was really effective. So if, for example, teaching AP class, you cannot teach 10 students with ASD showing different skill levels. So you have to divide the group and then you assign the one paraprofessional each group to teach the uh, work with the uh, student with a disability in APE class. And then relationship, relationship, develop relationship. This is a really important. And I never forget to say thank you at the end of the class. Say, 
Miss, thank you for your support. I, I cannot have your I cannot have my class without your support. And second, Tebow is really effective. I know we are human. I think so we are human. Somehow we have to show appreciation. And then me, I bought it like the gift certificate, not every holiday, like like every Thanksgiving for the Louis Elementary School, like ten dollar gift certificate. Just give them thank you, thank you for your work. Without your support, and it cannot successful. So so gift card, it was really effective. And then and submit the newsletter to uh, showing your appreciation of the paraprofessional and then their work. And then let them know paraprofessional working really hard, but print the newsletter, let them know. Everybody know their work. They were really effective as well. And then I think this on a it is and provide the physical activity opportunity to, for the paraprofessional. I think this is really important. It's a, one of the responsibility of the our responsibility to educate somebody about the benefit of the physical activity and sports. So let them know how what is the benefit of a cardiovascular endurance activity. What is the benefit of um, uh, those activities? So so let them know benefit of it and then. Uh, encourage them to participate in your physical activity and like let's move, let's burn like hundred calories. I usually do it. And the last method is this. I think I think everybody's AP teacher already know they know good teacher. You know they've been there for twenty five and thirty more year. I think they know everybody. They know student better than I think myself too. So first year they challenge you. But you consistently showing good behavior as adaptive PE teacher and the good teacher, be professional. Not the second year, third year, I guarantee they're gonna be your side. Once they'll be your side, once they're gonna be their side, they're gonna be your side. They're not going to be, if they don't trust the teacher, for example, they don't trust the teacher, they come to my class, talk about the teacher. There's so-and-so-and teacher didn't do anything for the kids. But if you be professional, if you are effective, and they are aware you're the good teacher, they're going to be your side. So I really encourage my students, just stay there for three years, be consistent, be professional, and be effective once. At the beginning, you have to be really stubborn. You have to be really stubborn. And you will be really successful in your career. I think I'm done. All yeah. right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Janet. You're welcome. I tried <laughs> to Yeah, at this time, we will open it up for question and answer. Um, I'm going to pose the first question. Janet, you can go ahead and stop sharing screen. And my first question to our panelists, I know that this is something that my university students struggle with, is that they um, might be working with a paraprofessional who's 20 or 30 years older than them. As Barry LeVay likes to say, they have socks older. The paraprofessional has socks older than them. So what are some good tips on being a leader to a paraprofessional who's you know been at a school district for several decades and you're the newbie coming in 
So Wendy, Jenny, or Janet, feel free to take this one. I, well, I think not acting like you know it all and that just to be compassionate and understanding that they do have that expertise and use that expertise that they have been around for many years, but um, also to, to show that you are the teacher and they, and explain to them, this is the way my class is going to be run and um, utilize their experience without being demeaning. Um, okay, and uh, I'll do another one. Why not? Sorry. You, you, sorry. Oh, you got more. Go ahead again. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, what what was it again? I'm so sorry. I got okay. My the first question, and then I got another one too. The first question was, what happens when you have a paraprofessional who's been there for several decades? You're new, you know, right into the profession. You're you know 23 years old, and you, you've got to yeah, you've got to be that leader to a paraprofessional who's been at that school for several decades. How do you go about doing that? Um, I had to win over the other staff before I could even win over that assistant. And that was Marilyn Jenny. When I came into one of the districts, it was literally so hard because she, Marilyn had been there for so long. Her kids went through the district. She'd been with Jenny as the aide in that district. So Jenny would give her lessons and she would teach. So she thought she was a teacher, which she was. But when I came in now, I have a different way of teaching. I have a different way of what we're doing. And so what she did is she went around to one of the schools and basically complained about me the entire time. And so I would walk into that office and those, the secretaries and the office manager were like, when I would walk. Would give her time of day, which was really hard. Oh, it was a pair. Yeah. I was like, and I'm 22, 23, like chipper and like, okay, let's do this. And I'm like, oh, this is killing me because my other, like, None of my other schools are treating me like this. And none of my other, like my other district doesn't treat me like this at all. And I'm like, oh my, I, I had to constantly walk in every single time they would snub me. I'm like, good morning, ladies. Hi, ladies. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. Here's a, oh, Merry Christmas. Here's a little flower. Oh, here's another, like, I had to buy so much crap that first couple of years, like about a year and a half worth of like, just making sure I was like, bettering that bread. So they were, they, they bought and they were finally like, oh, Oh, she's not so bad. And then Ronnie and Gail became my best friends after a while. They were like, hey, when did you need this? You need, but if I, like, I couldn't ask them for anything. Like, if I was like, oh, the cafeteria doesn't have, I'm really sorry, there's nowhere for you to work. So then I have to go find Mr. Frank, who actually had a crush on Marilyn. And so then he was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, goodness gracious, this whole school hates me. So I was, it was, it took a little while to like get them to appreciate, like, I'm here for the kids and I'm here. And then Marilyn finally, like, I was always just kind of like, okay, well, this is how I want to do this today. I'm so sorry, Marilyn. I know that's what you've been doing for a little while, but I'm going to try it this way today. Can we try it? And if it doesn't work, we'll go back to your way. And so we just had to like find a way to work together. And she would actually like, I didn't know for a while either she was at 3.758. I thought she was just three hours because she'd leave me because she didn't want to work with the last student that we had of the day that was really hard on this other campus. And he was only one on that campus and he was really tough. And so she was like, all right, well, my day is done. I was like, oh, okay. I thought she's a three-hour aide. Come to find out she's 3.75. So for one, on the day she was working with me, she got about a 45-minute lunch. <laughs> no, you, you just kill them with kindness. And that was, it's hard. Anybody that's a newbie, just kill them with kindness. Just, yep. I'd walk into many offices too. And the secretaries weren't very nice. And now, you know, now they're wonderful, but they would ignore you. And you just like, hi, good morning. How are I you? Know, just, oh, I have the experience too. Oh, okay. It's very difficult, isn't it? 
So that's that's what I can say. And I do remember Wendy going through it. That was a number of years ago, though. That yeah, was hard. That was years ago. <laughs> I would make sure that we had Christmas parties and activities so that people would start to warm up so that it was, she is my equal. Wendy mm -hmm. is my co-partner and you need to give her that respect. But taking away the control that they think that they have and now, you know, turning it over to yes, hard. hard. So my, my mom was a paraprofessional for 29 years. So like, I would go to her and ask her like, how, what do I do for Marilyn mom? Like, what would, what would, what, you know, if a teacher was coming Talk in, to other people. You know, so I like, I asked my mom like how, and she's like, do this, you know, be, be kind ask her what she wants to do for the lesson and then kind of tweak it. And she goes, maybe just talk to her and collaborate with her on, on like the goals and like, Hey, if you've been working on this, what's working, what's not. I'm like, thank you, mom. So yeah. I, that's kind of what I did. I, I just, I acted like we were a team teacher together and it right. took a long time because she was stubborn <laughs> with it, but you know, it, it worked out eventually. She became a very sweet and kind, wonderful woman, but yes. it just took a bit. Um, in any audience questions, anyone have anything? Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, there we go. I have go a ahead, question kind of on the opposite side. Can you, okay. Um, I have a question on the opposite side. We deal with turnover crazily. So trying to get that rapport with para professionals, um, is like a constant, you know, turning wheel. How would you guys suggest going about that? You know, Sarah, I'm going through that right now. They're hiring agency um, instructional assistants in one of my district. They can't keep them. They're getting outside, so they're not we're getting uh, they aren't being trained. So um, I just retrain every week. Somebody mm -hmm. new comes in without as a one-on-one -on -one for the new student. I just retrain again. It's almost like a broken record, but you just keep retraining them because maybe one of them is going to stay. But if they're agency and they don't like what they see or mod severe is too difficult, which I'm seeing a lot of, they just bail. You know, which is sad because our children are really, really suffering as a result. So just give them that responsibility when they're there and whoever you're working with for the time being. Give them this is what I need from you. And then um, hopefully you'll see them the next week. And I just record who's worked with me for that day, which in my logs, I had so-and-so worked out great. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome, Sarah. My question is also kind of on the other end of the spectrum. We talked a lot about what paraprofessionals can do. How about we chat about what paraprofessionals cannot do? Okay. They cannot teach a class without you there. Yes. Good. What um, they, also, they can't go to the parents and report what they've been doing. Like we have that borderline where some of, because in my, my one district, 95% of the population speaks Spanish. So a lot of our parents do too. And so they take it on themselves to tell the parents at the car, oh, they're doing this, this, and this in PE today, or they did this. And it's like, oh, you can't like, oh, so then, you know, we have to have that conversation about like appropriate conversations with parents and what they can yeah. and can't share. No, and on top of that too, be careful, be very, very careful about what you share with them. These are the goals. This is what I have, but do not share with them anything confidentiality. Um, years ago when AIDS came out, we could not talk to them about AIDS. We could not say this student has AIDS or this one has this or that. I would just be say to them, they have health issues. Be very, very careful. That's all I can tell you. I cannot share with you what is in their medical records. I cannot share with you, you know, um, their IQ or any anything else. But what I can share with you is that we're working on A, B, and C. This one is a biter. Be careful. This one is a hitter or, or whatnot. But most of the time, they know that. They know they will tell me, he, um, as you walk up and you see kids, the whole shirt is all chewed up today. You're going, oh, he had a hard time. Yep, he's sick. He's not feeling well. But be very careful as to how much you share with them. 
Also want to throw out with assessments that they can assist with no. writing down scores that you tell them, but they should not be the one conducting scoring the assessment. They can give a demonstration, you know, yes. assuming that their demonstration, as y'all mentioned earlier, <laughs> correct. Exactly. And the motor skill is at a mature pattern. <laughs> and you also have to be careful as far as measurements, because I had one, as Wendy and I had shared, an individual that just had no idea what um, inches, feet or, you know, meters were. And they would mark, they say, I have it marked out. And I'm like, we have little measuring sticks or now you can use your phone. But it's like, don't try, you have to make sure that this person is confident in what 15 feet looks like, 20 feet looks like, 30 feet looks like, what an underhand toss looks like, or or, or else you're teaching the care educator along with trying to test the student. If you don't think they're confident enough to demonstrate, be very careful. And you do the demonstrating, ask them just to write the numbers yeah, or take on, on notes. And I say, I don't care what the notes are. I don't care about grammar. All I care about is that you record numbers for me and I'll clean it up. It's my job to write that report and to have it look pretty. Any final questions for our panelists, Heidi? I just, I have a question. Do you think that we should, and I, I'm an adopted physical education specialist also. Do you think we should provide more training for AP specialists about how to work with paraeducators? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Where do we learn how to work with paraeducators besides just student teaching? We don't. Uh, well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully your university is like we have a whole class on collaboration and, you know, collaborating with PT, OT, SLP, parent families, preschool motor teams, transition. And of course, we spend a good segment of time talking about paraprofessionals which Wendy comes in and, you know, gives her um, lecture. And then I also lecture a day on that. Um, and then hopefully through their fieldwork experiences, you know, like at Long Beach State, they're getting over, I think it's like around 120 fieldwork hours. Like through those experiences, they should be learning from their mentor how to collaborate with a paraprofessional. Um, but yeah, like I agree. You Other know, professionals. Is very different than practical work. Because I have oh, student sure. teachers that just freeze up and just sit there and look at people. I'm like, okay, these are the, <laughs> you know, even though they're exactly. in classes. Thank you. I appreciate all of you. It's a, it's a fascinating subject to me. So I, I appreciate you all. That's a good question though, because we do, we need to figure out how to, to train do them. more of that to get, because it, I'm, I'm sorry, me as a 22 year old coming in, I'm sure some of you started like I did. And I know Jenny did like you come in young and these people, these aides and these staff members have been here for so many years and it's like, okay, thankfully my mom was one. So I would just go back to her all the time and she's like, what do I do? I was still living at home. So I'm like, mom, mom, mom. And she would help me through those, those yeah. type of tough situations with things. Yeah. But when you are young, when you do have young ones come in, it is really hard. And it, it go back to when you started. I go back to 40 years ago when I was starting to teach and I thought I was at a private school and kids were cussing and, you know, spinning on the floors. And I was going, you're going to the office. They'd laugh at me, you know, and I thought, I'm not, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, you know, you manage, you get through it. You earn that. Yeah. Well, but, we're back there. So don't worry. Yeah. Painful yeah. About that. Seriously, we are. <laughs> we're back to the, cause yeah, I, I was just shocked. I was mortified that kids would talk like that, but you know, I made it through five years of a private and um, love is so much easier in the public schools, but now it's going back to the behaviors and yeah, the students, and we have to be ready and prepared to, as to our reactions and how we're going to work with paraeducators too. You know what's appropriate. All right. Well, big thank you again to Jenny, Wendy, and Janet for the great presentation on paraprofessionals.
Um, Nickpeed APE Collaborative will be back at the end of January. So hopefully you all can join us next time. So till then, everyone have a safe and happy holidays. Thank Bye you. all. Bye. Bye. Thank you.